Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Good morning. I guess this thing's on. I usually ask, is this thing on? <laughs> I probably don't technically need it. Kristen's been a little bit aggravated at me this week. Uh, I've been humming a little tune. Kind of goes, I think it's CCR that sings it. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. I've been singing it all week, kind of excited about this morning, uh, this uh, series that we've come up with, well, we've come to, how's that? Um, and the series is uh, The Joy for the Journey, and Pastor Tyler kicked it off last week, and we're going to kind of come back to the, the journey this morning and kind of looking at finding joy in the journey and, and what Paul did and, and how he had journey through his trials. So this morning, we're going to look at um, how Paul had journey in his trials. And before we get going too much, uh, this is a letter to the Philippians. Uh, Pastor Tyler uh, shared with us last week, but I want, it's a letter to the Philippians, and I kind of remember, I kind of got to thinking about my grandmother this week. Um, I think she's passed away three or four years ago or, or so now, but I remember my grandmother had this shoebox, and it was full of letters that she had received from family members and, and postcards and she would pull these postcards out and these letters, and she would share them with me and talk to me about receiving these letters and the joy that she had when she received them to see family members, you know, on vacationing in Florida or Myrtle Beach. Um, my dad was in the service overseas, so she got letters from him, and, and they was tattered, and they was discolored, and she, all she had to do was pull them out. She didn't have to read them anymore. She knew exactly what that letter said, and and what I, I thought about my grandmother and those letters is the joy that she had in receiving them and kind of anticipating what was going on in families' lives. And today we don't really have that anticipation much anymore because we got the Facebook. I mean, we roll out of bed. The first thing I do is, is flip it over, see what's going on. And me and my sisters and mom had this little family living room and my sisters are posting videos of their family and and I get to see it instantly. We don't talk, but I know exactly what's going on in their lives. And I feel like sometimes we lose this anticipation of hearing about our loved ones, even though we don't really talk to them because we know so much about them due to the, the Facebook. But this morning, I wanted to think about, I wanted us to kind of, I got an illustration a little bit that I came across and found about who the Philippians were and, and uh, who was anticipating hearing from Paul. And in Acts chapter 16, these verses are not going to be on the screen. So Acts chapter 16 talks about Paul's first journey to Philippi and the people that he encountered. And the first lady that he came up to was Lydia. She was a dealer in purple cloth from Thyatira who worshipped God and was listening. And as Paul and them was talking to her, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was spoken by Paul. After she and her household were baptized... After she'd heard 
her and her house was baptized. So Lydia was one of the first ones that, you know, come in contact with Paul as they walk into Philippi, and her and her whole house was baptized after hearing the gospel, the good news of, of Jesus and what he'd done for them. So this is probably one person the, the letter was written to in Philippi. We're not 100% sure, but I want you guys to play along with me today, if you would. <laughs> then they came across another lady. She was a little bit out there. Um, she was a fortune teller, and she wouldn't stop following Paul on. This is uh, in chapter 16. Um, I'm up to verse 16, I think. And she kept following him around. It was really getting to on Paul's nerves, and he turned around, and he just cast Satan right out of her. Be gone out of that woman. One thing about her, though, is we don't know whether or not she got saved, but we do know she was delivered. So Paul definitely changed her life in that moment, and we know that this led Paul to the next person, the jailer, because all of a sudden, the fortune teller, it kind of impacted her slave owners, and they was really mad at Paul for casting this demon out of her, and and changing the people in the city. They, so they put him in jail. So as we go down through verses 25 uh, in Acts, there's a jailer that uh, Paul comes in contact with. And it, it says that um, once as we were on our way to prayer, oh, I skipped that one. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken, and immediately all the doors burst open, and everyone's chains came loose. When this jailer woke up, he saw the doors of the prison open. He drew his sword and was going to kill himself, since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul, Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself, because all of us are here. Then the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then they escorted him outside and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. We find out that him and his household was saved and baptized. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you remember who led you to the Lord or not. But I often think about uh, the mentor that uh, reached out in the church in Maine that they kind of pulled me in and, and changed my life, and, and I like to hear from them. I like to hear what's going on. I like to see what's going on. Since I've left, they've purchased a new church, and my two sisters uh, have got saved and baptized there. We're sort of praying for my dad to, to recommit his life there, and it's good hearing the news about the gospel and how it's, it's furthering, but none of those people that I met in Maine are in jail. Here Paul is writing to us, and he's in jail. And, and we're wondering why maybe these people in Philippi were wondering, you know, maybe they had some doubts in their minds. You know, this gospel message, if it's what it is, if it's so powerful, why is Paul over here in jail? Why is he facing the things he's faced? So this morning, I think that we're going to come, and I want you guys to be in anticipation about what Paul's getting ready to say to these people, the Philippi. I want you to be kind of mindful of here's Paul, the person that's showed them the way, spreading the gospel, and he's left them, and six years have probably gone by now, and now they're hearing back from Paul. So as we would, please turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. 12 through, I wrote, yeah, 20 up there, but 
We're going to actually stop at 19. It says, Now I want you to know, brothers, here's Paul. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is in the cause of Christ. Most of the brothers in the Lord have gained confidence from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the message fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and strife, but others out of goodwill. These do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, seeking to cause me anxiety in my imprisonment. But what does this matter? Just in every way, whether out of false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. In this I rejoice. Yes, and I'll rejoice because I know this will lead to my deliverance through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So let's pray this morning before we get going. Father, we just thank you for this letter that you've given us, and we thank you, Father, that you come and, and give us the joy unspeakable, Lord, that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to come and die on that cross for each and every one of us. Lord, we just ask that you would clear our minds and open our hearts right now, Father, to the word that you would have us receive. And Lord, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we see is that Paul had joy in prison. Remember all those things that happened to Paul, the beatings that he's been going through, uh, his imprisonment, they ran him out of town. Paul's faced a lot of trials. But the good news is we heard it's all for the advancement of the gospel, right? Because these things, Christ is being proclaimed. Paul's not writing to him saying, hey, send help. Pray for me. I'm in prison. This is just so terrible. Like, I probably would if I was in prison. I'd be like, I, I want to get out of here. Help me. Um, but Paul is reminding him that there's been advancement of the gospel. So I talked about that jailer for a minute, the one who was going to kill himself. And let's pretend he's in the congregation and he's listening to the, the um, letter being written. And I think he would catch notice that the imperial guard, the imperial guard, is starting to believe about the gospel. Even they're starting to believe, the one that's imprisoning Paul right now, they're starting to believe that he's an innocent man. And they're starting to believe in Jesus. You think that would bring a little joy to the to the prison guard. Now, a little bit of information about the imperial guard. This was the inner circle that was to take care of the emperor. It was their main job, the imperial guard, to take care of the emperor. So what's happening to the gospel? Now, all of a sudden, those surrounding, those the closest inner circle of the, the emperor is beginning to start believing about this Jesus that Paul is preaching of. And remember... The, the jailer and how he believed and him and his household were saved. I wonder if he's sitting in the pew kind of looking at his family down the pew and the ones that got saved and baptized and they begin to hear about Jesus. How, he was getting ready to take his own life and now he's like, I wonder what's going to happen to the emperor. You think the emperor's going to start believing? I almost think he's going to. Um, I'm sure the guard whispered a prayer, Father, protect Paul, continue to give him strength and thank you for this advancement of the gospel. I'm not sure. I'm just reading into that. That's just Dan kind of looking at things. And, you know, but the imperial guard now, 
now the emperor's be beginning to hear uh, the advancement of Paul. Paul wasn't saying, oh, pitiful me, I'm in jail. He's letting people know what's going on. I was thinking back a couple weeks ago, not long, um, about one of my trials I was facing. And Matt came up to me and said, how you been doing today, son? Ah, great, I got a good job, Matt. Things are going good. I've had a great day with me and him getting ready to hop on the bus. Two bus trips later in youth group, I was wiped out questioning what I was doing here. Um, is this for me? I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Two bus trips and a Wednesday night youth group, the, the youth ran a train over me, and I don't even know <laughs> what was going on. But the good thing is there's been a couple of us been working on a discipleship program. And that night I got back to, uh, to the Bible, and I got to studying. And uh, the great thing was uh, we was doing this lesson right here. We was learning about Philippians, and I got to thinking to myself, Paul's in prison an innocent man proclaiming the gospel, how much better do I have it? Just do a little youth group with the kids, let them hug you, let them run around and be crazy, and tell them a little bit about Jesus. I mean, I'm not beaten, I'm not imprisoned, uh, I'm not short anything. It was almost like God came to me and just said, son, you have it made. You have it made compared to Paul here. We need to be like Paul and find joy in this journey. The next point is Paul had joy while others meant him harm. And I, I beat myself up over here. This one's going to be a little bit challenging. But while Paul was in jail, others began to preach out of rivalry and competitions of sorts. And I began to think about what that meant. And, and the first thing I came to was the competition between churches. I don't know if you guys ever heard any competitions between churches or that one thinks this way and the other one thinks that way. There's almost like a rivalry. Um, one's wondering, you know, how, but look at that big VBS they got over there. Look at these baptisms over here. And look at that church over there, what they're doing. Did you hear what they said over there, what they're doing? Kind of like a competition and rivalry. But what did Paul say? Christ is being preached and people are being saved. We should be clapping our hands and celebrating instead of sitting back and having petty little arguments about what's going on. The main thing is the main thing and that souls are being saved and that we're going to heaven. I think there's going to be a lot more in heaven than just, you know, the Baptist church. And I think there's going to be a lot more in heaven than just the Church of Christ and the Pentecostal Church and all that. I think there's going to be all of us of all different nationalities and all different understandings as long as you believe that Jesus came and died for you on the cross. Amen. We all like to clap about that one. But I'm not sure about this next one. And I asked Tyler, I said, Tyler, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit about this rivalry thing, this competition Am I missing a piece here? He said, yep. <laughs> he said, you know like at church when someone gets chosen to do something over you and you puff up and want to pout? You know like when someone else is doing your job and you kind of felt left out? You know about the time that happened in the business meeting that didn't go quite your way? He said, I 
I figured, I said, I almost said, you know, Tyler, if I say that, they're going to run me out of here. <laughs> I had one of those little pictures of just like the face kind of on the, the emoji on Facebook. But it's true. We need to put the petty things aside. We need to put competitions aside. And, and there should be no place for rivalry, but it should be all about Christ is being preached. If it's not about Christ and salvation and heaven and us getting to heaven, then what are we even doing here? Why should there even be some sort of competition? It's all about one thing, and that's that God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to come on that cross and die for us. And it's not about just me up here. The reason why I wanted to be put in, coach, and I'm ready to play is because I want you guys to know you, have, you can have the same salvation that, that God gave me. You can have the same joy, even though sometimes it's hard. I think we get our, our focus a little bit off a little bit sometimes. But if we pay attention to the cross, I think our worries and our trials end up not being so intense. Paul found joy in the preaching of Christ. If we want joy for this journey, we need to celebrate when we see someone step up and ask for help. And by the way, we have a lot of help that's needed. You know, it is tiring on Wednesday night sometimes, especially after working and, and running that bus and getting back at 8.30. But if we help each other out and if we, we step up to the plate, we're going to have joy when we see 30 kids' baptism plaques downstairs. A couple weeks ago, I had to miss it, but 19 people walked through the waters of baptism. Finally, in today's scripture, I'm going to go back to the scripture, um, starting off with verse 21. Paul says, For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I'm pressured by both. I have the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so that because of me, your confidence may grow in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. My final point is Paul had joy in death or life. He had joy in the thought of death or life. And I got to thinking about this part here. I think a little bit of Paul's flesh shined through there just for a moment. I'm not, I'm not, you know, knocking Paul and he is a warrior, but look at everything he's been through. Why else would he be thinking about death? Why else would he be thinking about dying if he has all this joy on this journey? But if we look at Paul's life and we think about Paul and we remember what he's going through, it's not going to be easy every day. He's in jail. Uh, another thing I was thinking of is Paul didn't have no luxury sedan to drive around in. He wasn't on any first-class flights. He never got to sail the carnival cruise. And for the most part, he never even received a check for his work. And he's in prison as an innocent man. Not for the first time, not for the last time. Not that he hasn't been beaten in the past. But ministry isn't easy, and we need to look at Christ as our example, Christ crucified, Christ on the cross. What, he gave it all on that cross. I should have gave a little thing for that this week, but I better not. 
Christ crucified is where, where Paul's eyes were fixed. Christ crucified. And what did Jesus say? Pick up your cross and follow me. What does that mean? That's a nice, cute, fancy word. And there's probably a lot of people that picked up their cross today and put it on their neck. But it meant death to Christ on that cross. And sometimes when I have those selfish ambitions and selfish desires and things that I want to happen in my life, it's not going exactly the way I want. Picking up that cross is crucifying those wants if it's outside of his will and spreading this gospel. For Paul, the thought of death was gain. I completely understand. No more moving, no more cutting weeds, no more selfish ambi ambitions, just standing in heaven, eyes faced and, and, uh, and fixed on Jesus, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. No more hurts, habits, hang-ups, no more shame, pain, guilt. I was telling you earlier about the churches that I've been to before and, and the other Christians that I've met. Arms shoulder to shoulder, my grandmother, who's went on to pass, we're all standing around the throne just praising God and how awesome he is and celebrating with each other. I look for that time, and I can understand that gain that Paul's talking about. But... But Paul understood his time wasn't up. Paul also had the joy in the thought of living. He had joy in the thought of the meaningful work that he was to do, that he was going and telling um, anyone that would listen. He actually had a real mission, though. Paul was, Paul was really wanting to get that emperor. He was really wanting Rome to hear about Jesus, and he was really wanting to spread this gospel. He was willing to do whatever it took that his life meant Christ, to live as Christ. That if Paul lived, you know, he wanted to die, but if he was going to live, it was going to mean others was going to hear about Jesus. Others was going to be saved. It meant a meaningful work. So I kind of challenge you guys. Does, do, if you was to live, does that mean Christ preached? Is others going to hear about Jesus if you're to live? Are they going to see the joy that comes with the cross? If you're going to die, does that mean gain for you? Some it does, but some's not quite sure what death is going to mean for them. I want us to think back to the fortune teller. Maybe she was in the back. She didn't want to be recognized. Maybe she was remembering the time that Paul changed her life forever. Hearing out about the joy Paul had in his letter while in jail as an innocent man, I can't imagine the joy that came to her heart. I can't help but imagine the joy that came to her heart. I can't help but her contemplating that the heaven's real and wondering just how awesome it really could be if Paul was willing to put everything on the line. So this morning, do you have joy for this journey? If Paul can find joy in prison, I urge and argue that each and every one of us can find joy in our trials. Most of the time, the reason why we can't is we're not focused on the cross, we're focused on the problem. Our eyes are down here when they should be fixed up here. This morning, if you, like Paul, put Christ at the center of your life, 
I know that you'll find joy in hearing about Christ crucified. So this morning as we end um, the music, I guess, we could bring the music. We could think back on, on Paul and who he was. His life was drastically changed on that Damascus road. That's where his joy come from. Christ crucified in heaven. This morning, put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. I got joy down in my heart hard. There's a little song about it. I, I'm not good at singing, and they don't let me. I got to sing one time, and they never let me sing again. Kristen won't even let me play the shaker thing. But this morning, this joy that Paul has, I can help give it to you. It's not anything that has to do with me. It has everything to do with who Jesus is. It has nothing really to do with who Paul was. It had everything to do with who Jesus is. So as you guys would stand, I, I just ask you guys to think about it. Does death mean gain for you? If you were to die today as you leave here and you walk out those doors, is that going to be a gain for you? Most of us won't die when we walk out those doors. So if you walk out those doors this week, does that mean that to live is Christ for everyone that comes in contact with you? If not, would you come and, and pray at the altar and ask for God to, to give you that strength that surpasses all understanding, that gift of joy that Jesus gave on that cross? Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.